You're listening to the weekly sermon podcast from Union Road Presbyterian Church. For more information, join us on Facebook or visit our website at unionroad.org.uk. Well, good afternoon, everybody in church and at home. Over the course of this week, I've received a, a number of emails and they were looking at me to sign up and spend more money. It was for my antivirus protection for my laptop. It wasn't for, for COVID, it's for, for malware and spyware and all sorts of things that apparently can impact your running, uh, how efficient your laptop runs uh, as you do a bit of work. It keeps your emails secure and your password secure, your bank details secure and all of that. And it's all very well and good and all states, all state secrets in my laptop are safe. Thank goodness. But it doesn't, antivirus protection sounds good, but it doesn't deal with stupidity. Okay, what I mean. Oh, on Friday past, the EU Defence Council met and the Dutch representative tweeted the Zoom codes, all but one digit, and a Dutch journalist logged in to the EU Defence meeting, secure meeting. Stupidity, eh? What do you do with that? You think he would have a bit of wit being the defence secretary, wouldn't you, wherever he is? But we live in a world, don't we, where we really need security and safety in every part of life, from using our phones and our laptops in our own homes to you know, burglar alarms and things, to safety and security for those in authority and power, and bodyguards or police and military. And we all are, are mitigate and try to limit the effects that this damaged, broken, wicked world can have on us. We all mitigate against evil from murderers to fraudsters. And so is the, the case for us as we learn in Genesis 7 where we find safety and security in this wicked, in this broken world. Where do we find this safety and security? It's not in something we buy malware for our laptop, but it is really the person of Jesus. That is where we find security in a broken world, despite all that we face in our personal lives, as we feel restricted and more restricted as we are concerned about security and safety of family members in this broken world that is full of wickedness, we're not quite sure where to look at or where to think or what to do, we find security and safety in Christ. In Genesis 7, it is a a real historical event, and that's indicated to us whenever it gives Noah's age and the month and the day of the month that this all happens in. But how do we know that Christ provides security and safety in this broken world? Well, let me give you three reasons today. The first reason is this. God sees people's lives. God sees people's lives. Do you know the different number of different TV programs that allow you to an insight into how maybe the super rich might live? You might follow around a character or you might get an insight into their homes. You might end first off, start in their lovely home in a chalet in France in the Alps and then you might disappear via private jet to a beach house somewhere on the coast and you get a glimpse of a person's character or a glimpse of what that life might be like to have all the money of the day to have all the the mall cons all the luxuries and you get a glimpse of what life looks like in that world and the lord he looks down on this world he doesn't get a glimpse of what's going on in everyone's lives but he gets the hits the nail on the head he knows exactly how people live their lives from the super rich to people like us sitting in church today or at home how do we know this well we know from different parts of scripture but in chapter 6 if you follow along with me 
in verse 5, God looks down, he sees people's lives, and the Lord saw wickedness. The Lord looks down and sees wickedness, that every inclination and thoughts of their hearts was evil. God sees wickedness. But in verse 1 of chapter 7, God also sees righteousness. As he speaks, he says, go, as he speaks to Noah, go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous, or I have seen you to be righteous. The world is wicked. It was totally wicked because they all lacked what Noah had. They lacked faith. Noah, as we have learned, walked with the Lord by faith. He walked with the Lord in God's ways in a wicked generation with corruption, with violence, with a lack of security and safety, with sex and immorality all around Noah, all with blatant disregard and disobedience to the Lord. Noah continued to walk in God's ways. And throughout these chapters, we have repeated for us over and over and over again Noah's obedience, how Noah was righteous. And you'll see it there, some verses are on the screen. And it's pretty much the same phrase repeated every time, isn't it? Chapter 6, verse 22, Noah did everything just as God commanded. Uh, him in verse 5 of chapter 7, uh, Noah did all that the Lord commanded. In verse 9, uh, as God had commanded Noah. In verse 16, as God had commanded Noah. Noah did all, he obeyed all. He is truly set up for us to see that he was a righteous man because he followed God's word. God gives Noah direction and instruction. Noah obeys. Over and over again, shown to be righteous in the midst of a wicked people. God looked down. He sees the people and saw Noah as righteous. As, as a righteous in a wicked world. The Lord sees people's lives. The Lord sees our life. He looks down at each of us and sees our lives. Do we see, does God see us as righteous in a wicked, hostile world? Does God see us as righteous in the midst of all the things that are going on? Or does he see us just like the rest of our generation? Do our lives appear any different like Noah's clearly did? Do we engage constantly with sexual immorality, gushing over Hollywood's near, uh, newest pop star, whatever it is, having to engage in that show or video, or having to be constantly glued to our phones to see what that next story is, or to, to engage in that sphere of social media so that we're controlled by our screens rather than our saviour? Do we think we know best rather than God? Does God look at our lives and see us as righteous in this wicked generation or are we just like it? See, all of us really struggle to stand out in this world because we aren't righteous. That's the point. We are just like everybody else in so many ways. Take away our, our church time, our, our midweek. What difference is there between any of us and our generation? God looks down and he sees. He sees righteousness, but he also sees wickedness. What does he see in us? Does he see obedient children following his ways? Trusting God's word and obeying it? Just like Noah was repeated here, obeying the Lord, obeying the Lord, obeying the Lord. Or does he see us as wicked? People who just rebel against God and don't listen. You see, Noah was saved not because he was obedient. It wasn't though he was so obedient, Noah, that he never sinned. 
wasn't though Noah was so obedient, that was the reason God saved him. But it's because Noah found grace in God's eyes, if you remember. It was God's grace. Noah was saved by faith. And in response to that, Noah was obedient because he is one of the Lord's people. And God sees the righteousness of his people. The Lord cares about that greatly, and so must we. There's a clear distinction being made here between the wicked and the righteous. And it's surrounding obedience to the Lord and his holiness and his righteousness. God looks down at each of our lives. If we're walking with Jesus, righteous, without Jesus, unrighteous. But we ought, when walking with Jesus, to walk in a manner worthy of that calling. How do we weigh up in this world? Righteous or wicked? Noah was faithful despite the ridicule and contempt he faced. We must be seen, just like Noah, to be different from the wicked generation that surrounds us, to be known to be righteous, to be known as individuals, as people, as Union Road, to be people who are known to be following Jesus. Yes, we might be ridiculed. Yes, people will say stuff. But let it be known that each of us are people who follow in Christ, his ways, and his word. How do we know Christ provides security and safety in this broken world? Because God sees people's lives. And God sees exactly what each of us need. Second reason, God secures his people. In verse 7, we're told very clearly that they're offered a way of escape. That's exactly what God calls it. In verse 7, And Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. And then we have this filling of the ark. And the animals are, are being brought to Noah, just like the animals were brought to Adam to name in Genesis 2. Noah doesn't have to go out hunting for all these animals. They come into the ark, and the rain begins, the flooding begins, and well, the ark is the only way of escape. It is the one place of safety, the only place to be perfectly safe in all of this world. In chapter 7, is in the ark. It's not enough to be leaning up against a tree, and watching Noah build the ark. I think that's a magnificent boat he's built. It's not enough to be leaning up against it, to be looking in at Noah in it. You have to enter the ark. Of course that makes perfect sense, yet so many of us just come to church, look at Jesus, hear Jesus. How lovely you thought that is. We stand beside and watch everybody else, but we ourselves aren't in the ark of Jesus, where we literally aren't in Jesus. For us, this ark of salvation is in Jesus. It's the only place of safety for each of us. Many of you will maybe remember Julian Assange, who was arrested in 2012. And he did a number of things. He's the WikiLeaks guy. So this is him in 2012, standing at the balcony of the Ecuadorian embassy in London. And he was holding up his WikiLeaks and he was looked for espionage by America and then Sweden were looking to arrest him as well. There's only place of safety, the only place that would take him in, in the whole of the UK where he'd be safe, was the Ecuadorian embassy. And Sweden, well, they, they left their, what they were looking to arrest him for behind. They forgot about it. But last April, Ecuador had enough of Julian Assange pretty much and they let the police in to arrest him. 
and we're waiting to hear in the new year whether he's going to go to America to face charges. But for Julian Assange, in all of London, there was only one place he was safe, and he got there to the Ecuadorian embassy, and they looked after him, but it didn't last. A safe place for him didn't last forever. And for each of us, there's only one safe place that will last, and that is in Jesus. But we must go to that safe place today. If he left it one more day, he would have been arrested and picked up and brought away. We need a safe place in Jesus, and we have to be in, it, be in Jesus today. If you're following along with me, look at verse 13. On that very day, as the rain started to fall, on that very day, on that very same day, that was it. The day started off like any other People were waking up complaining about going to work. People were waking up complaining how often they were up during the night to use the bathroom or to look after their children. People were going about their normal business. Noah building his crazy ark. Another morning, no alarm, no thought of their doom. Jesus speaks of this in Matthew 24, and the verses will be up on the screen. Verse 36 onwards. But about that day or hour, about his return, not even the angels are heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. A day will come just like any other day. That will be our last day of Christ's return. And this rain started in verse 13 on that very same day. There are brides who got up and looked outside, saw the grey clouds, and thought their day was ruined. There were men who were getting ready to go for a party or getting ready to go for a work, and it was just like any other day, and it was gone. The rain falls for 40 days and 40 nights, and a day will come just like any other day for each of us where we will wake up, but that will be it, or Jesus will return. There is, we need to be entering this ark of Jesus, the only way of escape for each of us. And God secures his people. God secures his people. How? Verse 16. The Lord shut them in. The Lord shut Noah and his family in. Noah isn't getting the rope to pull the door closed. Because can you imagine even doing that? The rain's coming down. People you know are out there. And you have to shut the door. No, no, that isn't how God works. The Lord is shutting the door. See, many of us will know there's two words for God in the Old Testament. There's God and then the Lord in caps. The Lord bit is that intimate relationship that God has with his people. So if you look at Genesis 7, it begins, the Lord speaks to Noah. That personal relationship. Then throughout, it's God, God, God. God. Verse 16, it's the Lord. This personal, intimate, fatherly care shuts the door and secures his people. This great care and attention that God gives on us, his people, it signals great divine protection and love he has for them. The Lord seals up the door. There's going to be no leaks. There's going to be no panic of a, of a, a, a leakage. It's going to be perfectly secure because the Lord seals up and shuts up the boat. God graciously provides in the midst of this judgment an escape. And that escape route was the ark, and we must 
to turn to that lifeboat, as it were, of Jesus. God looks after his people during judgment. The Lord protected Noah and his family at this time, and so it will be in the final judgment. God will secure his people. As the rain started to fall in Genesis 7, for everybody outside of the ark, it was too late. And when Christ returns, it will be too late for those who do not trust in Jesus. How do we know that Christ provides security and safety in this broken, wicked world? Because the Lord shuts us in. Nothing will get us out of that ark. Nothing will get us out of Christ. The Lord shuts his people in and secures us. God will save and secure his people. Then finally, verses 17 through to 24, we have that God blots out. God blots out. And this is a repeated word. It's probably wiped in most of your Bibles. Like it's got that idea of wiping a chalkboard clean, okay, or erased. And what we see in these last seven or eight verses is the total devastating impact of the flood, don't we? We see how it is totally devastating in all of its ways. Um, we see that the whole earth will end up under the water. You get, you get this ramped up. The waters lift the ark. Then the ark begins to float. But then the high mountains are covered to a depth of 20 feet. And it's, it's, the waters are rising and rising and rising. They're getting stronger and stronger and stronger. It's like, like a, a battle going on. The water is utterly triumphing over a weak uh, enemy. The earth, as it were, the waters are literally triumphing. The waters are devastating in their impact. They are overwhelming for the earth to deal with. And the water wins, essentially. The flood is global. It is utterly devastating. Because look at verses, I think it's verse 22. The breath of life in its nostrils died. The devastating effects of the flood. It shows God's judgment on sin. This is God's judgment literally being poured out in water on the earth. And why did God pour out this judgment? Because the people were wicked and did not follow the Lord. They did not repent. They rebelled and they were punished. An incredible loss of life. A real event in history that is a trailer, if you like, of what will happen in the final judgment. It'll, the final judgment will not lead to a reset of creation like what happens here, but it will be the grand finale. In Noah's day, no one listened. No one paid attention. People mocked him. Maybe some wondered, is this going to happen? Maybe some today are mocking in their hearts of this justice to come, wondering about this judgment to come. This story is a warning for each of us, but especially you, the people who ridiculed and mocked Noah, it was them in great panic, and it was them who were gasping when the flood came. God's judgment will surely come, just as the flood came. Because God, what does God do? Well, he blots out in verse 23 and wipes out all the sin, as Rachel reminded us. He wiped it all out. He is blotting out and removing the wickedness and sin of this world, blotting out all that was wrong with humanity. God was wiping it all clean with water, essentially. He was removing sin and sinners. And we all deserve to be blotted out 
We all deserve to be wiped out because of our sin. We deserve this flood of judgment because we are all people who are disobedient, who rebel against God, who do not love the Lord with all our heart, soul, and mind. Every day we have that dirty stain of sin, uh, dirty stain of sin on us and we cannot do anything about it. We deserve to be wiped out, blotted out, condemned, erased from this world. But what does God do? Well, although we all deserve to be blotted out, God blots out our sin on Christ. God blots out Christ. Our sin put on him. Our Father in heaven doesn't ignore our sin, but deals with it. All our sin blotted out on Jesus. Without our experience of judgment that we deserve, he wipes us clean through Jesus. Christ's blood washes our sin. Christ takes our stain, our sin, our shame, our guilt, the judgment for all of his people. God does not blot out his people. He rescues his people through Jesus. He offers this escape plan by blotting out his own son. He would wipe out his own son for sinners like us so that we would be secure in this broken, wicked world. All the animals, Noah and his family, how are they saved? Through the door of the ark. What does Jesus say in Luke's gospel? That he is the narrow door. Each of us must enter into the ark of Jesus, Christ, because God will wipe out sin, but he will save his people. We can find great security in this broken world. We have great security and safety in our Savior Christ. There is safety from this judgment because God offers a way for us. God will wipe out sin, but he blotted out Christ for us so that we might live.